Indiana Bible College is committed to training tomorrow's apostolic leaders today. And this is the Indiana Bible College podcast. We come to you just coming off a little event called Music Fest. It's a biannual event, and Music Fest 2022 was phenomenal. If you were not able to join us for Music Fest, I want to share with you how you can still catch some of those amazing sessions that were taught throughout the days at Music Fest. But first, we are presently bringing to you a message from chapel from our theology conference. We are right now in the middle of theology conference with our guest speaker, Reverend Jason Piercy. We are so glad to have Brother Piercy with us on campus, and he preached a powerful message that you are about to hear entitled, A Culture That Can't Be Canceled. Before we get to that, I did promise I would let you know how you can get Music Fest sessions, and I am pleased to tell you we have a brand new store for all things Indiana Bible College music. That URL is store.indianabible.com. College. You can find that on our homepage as well. It is your one-stop shop for everything Indiana Bible College. From merch to music, CDs, multi-tracks, split tracks, check that out. And drop cards will be coming soon that include all of the sessions from IBC Music Fest. Right now, let's get into chapel with Reverend Jason Piercy, a culture that can't be canceled. Clap your hands, all you people, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Come on, use your voice, and let's exalt the name that is above every name in this house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let everybody say amen. If you have your Bibles, Luke chapter 1. It is a great and high honor to be here with you today. And um, I was elated when Brother Kilman called and asked me to come and preach this awesome conference. Um, I was driving down the road and, and um, talking to him, and he said, you know, Brother Piercy, we've had really deep theologian-type guys preach this conference, and, and great preachers preach this conference. And uh, he said... You know, we've had older guys preach this conference, and younger guys preach this conference. He said, we've had church planners preach this conference and established, established pastors that preach this conference. And he said, you know, you're a great preacher and church planner. And he said, I think you're only the second church planner that we've had preach our theology conference. I said, Brother Kilman, that's an honor. I really appreciate that. I bet I'm the first music major you've ever had preach this conference. And he got quiet. And I got nervous. And as I waited what he would say next, I heard him say, yeah, 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 Brother Piercy, I think you're right. I think you are the... So all the music major, worship study majors in the room, are you? Are you here? That's awesome. What about freshmen? Are there freshmen here today? What comes next? Sophomores? Are the sophomores? All right. 
What about the juniors? Have y'all, y'all come? Do the seniors still come to chapel after all of that? All right. Now I know who I'm preaching to. Luke chapter 1, verses 30 through 33 are four verses that we don't typically use outside of the Christmas season. But they're in the text, and they have a deep and powerful meaning. And I want to share a couple of thoughts with you today out of Luke chapter 1, verse 30 through 33. The angel said unto Mary, Fear not, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you shalt conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign. He shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Verse 33 could be, could be looked at alone. And, and for those of you who would take a look at this text honestly, you, you, could, you could look at this and see that there's a message here that is repeated it could have been understood that he would reign over the house of Jacob forever just with the statement, he shall reign. But this, this messenger from heaven affirmed to Mary that not only would he reign, but he would reign forever. And then just so there was no confusion he doubled down and said, of his kingdom, there shall be no end. Of his kingdom, there shall be no end. I want to preach to you about a culture that cannot be canceled. A culture that can't be canceled. Will you put your Bibles down and will you lift your hands with me? Will you turn your faces toward heaven And open up your heart for the Lord to speak to you here today. Father, in your name, Jesus, I pray, God, that your holy anointing would settle in on this house. And, Lord, that you would do mighty exploits in this place. God, I pray that you correct the thoughts, the feelings, and the spiritual influences of every student in this room. Lord, as they prepare to go forward into the ministry that you have called them to fulfill, I pray, God, that they would set a course that is pure and true, unadulterated and sincere. I pray it in Jesus' name over every man, over every woman. Lord God, regardless of their course of study or major, I pray in Jesus' name that they would recognize their divine purpose and destiny in your kingdom. In Jesus' name, I pray. And everybody shout in Jesus' name. God bless you. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. A 
According to a recent article in the magazine Vox, the rise of cancel culture and the idea of canceling someone or the culture that they represent coincides with a familiar pattern. A celebrity, a public backlash ensues, and it's often fueled by politically progressive social media. Then come the calls to cancel that person and the culture that they represent. That is, to effectively end their career, revoke their cultural cachet, whether through boycotts or work of some disciplinary force, whether it be governmentally or their employer or whomever. Some have asked, can crowdsourced morality change society for the better? Or is this just mob justice taken to a social media powered extreme? Cancel culture. It has affected our world from the most minuscule subcultures to the highest levels of governmental influence. A few days ago, I was sitting in a class. I I was invited to participate in... Citizens Academy with the Federal Bureau of Investigation. And we sat in a class and we watched videos of police officers doing their job. And as you have seen these types of videos on social media, just like I have, they are very divisive. And at the same time, they are inconclusive. And in the process of that FBI presenter's lecture, he would stop at the end of every video and he would ask the class, he would ask the academy, what do you think? And without fail, there would be people who were, I don't, I don't want to say it um, in, a, in a disrespectful fashion, but, you know, they were, they were let's just say they were cop supporters, Right? They believe the police are good and just. and So they would speak out. And then there were others that were, that were not. They were, they were very polar opposite in terms of their perspective. And, and they would speak out. And I watched the room crumble as that speaker put up a video that was only a few seconds long that revealed so that he would know which side of the argument are these people on? And I struggled to stay quiet. So I lifted my hand and we spoke for a moment and I made the statement. I made the statement. I I spoke out and I said, "We, we cannot allow social justice to be a substitute for actual justice. Because there is no justice in the law of social media court. 
Now, I figured being there in good old Knoxville, Tennessee with a room full of what I thought to be, you know, good law-abiding, law-supporting people. Good grief, you know, we're, we're at an academy with the Federal Bureau of Investigation. You were invited and vetted and screened to make sure you were qualified to be here. And I just assumed pretty much everybody would be in agreement. And a man lifted his hand and he looked at me. And he began to rail on me and come back at me and say, I don't think you should come against social justice that way. There are some things that need to be canceled. Come to find out this man was a minister. A minister. And as I got to know him, I realized he is not so much interested in the Bible or the kingdom of God as it is defined here in these verses that that record what Mary heard as she prepared to birth the Christ child. He's on the opposite end of the spectrum. And I must tell you the truth. In that moment, I was taken back. I was shocked. And I was blinded again by the realization there is a difference in our world between the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. And I'm looking into the faces of young men and young women that just in a few short days, whether you're a freshman or a senior or somewhere in between, in a few short days you're going to walk out of this cocoon of apostolic ministry. And you're going to go marching headlong into your generation. And you will face the decision points that will shape the church as we go toward the end time. And I must tell you today, there is absolutely nothing that can stop the apostolic church. That's what I've come to tell you here today. You see, you could define points of view. You could take a look two different ways at cancel culture. You could look at it and say, well, it's just a culture of cancelers, right? right? Cancel culture is a group of people that are just out to can. Then there is the other way to look at it, and it is a movement to eliminate cultural distinction. There's a couple of ways to look at cancel culture, but really... I didn't come to talk to you today about cancel culture. I come to talk to you today about kingdom culture. And I come to realize that you cannot cancel a culture that loves its hero. You cannot cancel a culture that loves its hero. John 14, verse 15 through 18, Jesus spoke to his disciples and he said, If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may, watch now, he may abide with you forever. Jesus said, if you love me, obey me, and just know, even when I'm not physically with you, I will be 
spiritually present. And it's not going to be just for the first century of the church. It's not going to be just for the second century of the church. It's not going to be just for Simon and, and Paul and... Am I, am I okay to preach to you something here today? You cannot cancel a culture that loves its hero. Jesus said, even the spirit of truth will I give you whom the world cannot receive because it doesn't see him, neither does it know him. But you know him for he dwells with you and he shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, Jesus said. I will come to you. I'm going to tell you it's not a time to silence the Holy Ghost because it is that divine comforter that preserves the culture of his kingdom. I've just come to preach very simply to you. Jesus can't be canceled. I'm going to preach it till you get it. Jesus can't be canceled. All due respect to every preacher that has ever preceded me and to all of you that will follow. I must tell you, you are great men and women of God, but our hero is not some preacher. Our hero is our Messiah. And you can't cancel him. You can't cancel Jesus. And neither can you silence his voice. Because there's always going to be somebody somewhere that feels the unction of the Spirit and the comfort of the Holy Ghost. And their voice will proclaim truth with both understanding and in an unknown tongue. I want to tell some people in this place, you can't cancel this culture. Somebody shout amen. I got a friend that's not United Pentecostal, but he's my friend. He's a preacher. He's a pastor. And we've got to be friends. And ever so often, he'll text me and share a little something that he's preaching. And elder, he's not raised up in the ranks with us. He's not one of us. But he sent me a clip of what he was preaching the other day. And he said, Jason, I want you to hear what I'm telling my congregation. And I got to tell you, it didn't sound like postmodern evangelicalism. It sounded like the book of Acts. It didn't sound. It didn't sound like the megachurch self-help guru life coach mess that is being propagated as Christianity. It sounded like my friend got his Bible open and he got a hold of the spirit of truth. I want to tell somebody... You're not going to leave here and just preach in UPC churches and ALJC churches and independent apostolic churches. You're going to go out of here and preach in Baptist churches and Lutheran churches and Church of Christ churches. 
and Catholic churches because I want to tell you this culture cannot be canceled. If anybody believes what I'm preaching, you ought to clap your hands. You're going to assemble choirs. You're going to write songs. You're going to go to missions fields. And you're going to see the culture of Jesus' kingdom be advanced. Because it cannot be canceled. Somebody say amen. Am I okay to preach for a little while? Point number two is you cannot cancel a culture. That is perpetually reborn. Jesus said to Nicodemus in John 3, what a message. You preached more and where did he go? Brother Chmoman, seven minutes and I preached in the last seven weeks. What a message. And he said, what about John 3? Can I read it? I know you know it. But Jesus said to Nicodemus, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said, How can a man be born when he's old? How can he enter in a second time into his mother's womb? Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. I want to tell some people, you can't cancel the new birth. I want to make it very clear. You cannot cancel a culture that is constantly reborn. My little girl came to the altar a couple of years ago. We had a children's evangelist with us. And she lifted her hands. The children's evangelist prayed over her. And it was a good children's evangelist. He came. He didn't tell my daughter she got the Holy Ghost. He came to me. And he said, Pastor, I don't, I, I, I'm not going to tell your daughter, but I'm, I'm telling you, I heard her speak with tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. And he said, I just wanted you to know. I said, thank you so much. I appreciate that. And, and so on the way home, we talked to Ryland a little bit about it, and, and, and we just kind of left it there. And the next Sunday, Elder, she came to the altar of her own free accord, and she lifted her hands. And I, I was up behind the keyboard playing worship, and I looked at Radonna, and I said, she's speaking in tongues and I want to tell you she didn't get a trickle down from me and her mother she got directly the same experience that I got and that you got and that he got and that Simon Peter got and that Mary the mother of Jesus got And you can't cancel a culture that is constantly reborn. See, history will tell you, sociologists will tell you that cultures die because there is a a watering down, a dumbing down, a, a, a disintegration over time being passed from one generation to another. But I gotta tell you, apostolic faith is exempt from that because the same Jesus, the same truth, the same spirit 
the same message, the same word, the same Bible. It is reborn in the hearts of every single generation. Don't tell me that the best days of the church are behind it. I'm telling you that we're living in the greatest hour that the church has ever seen because there's more people born of water and the spirit than there ever have been before. Somebody shout amen. Somebody shout amen. Let me stay right there just one more moment. Don't listen to the liars. Being baptized of water is absolutely essential for sin to be put into remission. Don't listen to the cancelers. You can't cancel Jesus' name baptism. Even if the big churches stop, God will move upon some villager on the backside of nowhere and raise up a revival that doesn't even have a Facebook page. Because you can't cancel this culture. If God can reveal himself in dreams to Muslims, he can pour out his spirit on all flesh. Don't back down. Don't compromise truth. Keep preaching baptism in Jesus' name. Keep singing about speaking with tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. Keep teaching this new birth message because it can't be canceled. I'm telling you, there's some anointing in this room today. Can, can I preach just another minute? Number three, you can't cancel a culture that refuses to conform. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation. We are not just a subculture. We are a national culture. And the reason why I can say that is we don't follow a cult leader. We follow a king. Some of y'all ain't helping me now. I asked Brother Kim and I said, what time we got to be out of here? He said, 12.05. I said, what does that mean? He said, preach as long as you want to. I'm going to preach till you get it. We don't follow cult leaders. And this nation is a holy nation. I'm going to preach to you a little bit about holiness today and some on Thursday as well. But the scripture says we should be a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. He didn't say your invisible heart. He said your physical body. (laughs) 
and you need to put it on display. He said, make a presentation of your body as being a living sacrifice. I don't know if you know, but that's an oxymoron. Sacrifice means distinct destroy to dismember to burn and consume but living means something altogether different and holiness is when we put our physical man on display for the world to see I can be right with God and still live in this present world All right, can I, can I preach just a little bit more? It's your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, sir. Ma'am, if you're going to be holy, if you're going to be right with God, if you're going to be a member in this culture that cannot be canceled, if you're going to be a member of this national kingdom, you got to get comfortable with being a nonconformist. I see some of you taking notes. Write it down. You've got to be comfortable with being a non-conformist. I'm not going to dress like they dress. My hair's not going to be like their hair. I'm not going to watch what they watch. I'm not going to listen to what they listen to. Let me get real here now. I'm not going to preach like they preach. I'm not going to sing like they sing. I'm not going to pastor like they pastor. Hey, I want to tell you, you can't cancel holiness. Holiness can't be canceled. It doesn't matter how many people compromise. There's still going to be some people that are gravitating toward the glory of God and they're going to become more and more holy, more and more like him. I'm not talking about self-righteousness now. I'm talking about being right with God and portraying the image of his glory. I can tell you some of the most impactful messages that I heard when I sat where you sat is when people came and preached and they reminded me this. The odds are in a few years, people you're sitting next to won't live what this book says. And I hated hearing that. I hated it. Because I am an idealist. I am an optimist. I am a dreamer. My wife says your head is in the clouds. But I got to tell you, I'm glad somebody told me that, Gibbs. I'm glad somebody told me that, Galleon. I'm glad somebody told me that because it gave me an understanding. I will have to be a nonconformist if I maintain my commitment to truth. Let me give my daddy a little bit of honor here. He told me when I started playing music and working in music ministry, he said, son, you don't have to go the Bill Gaither route. Y'all don't even know who Bill Gaither is. I could call some other names and tell you you don't have to go their route, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to ask you to examine your heart and examine your motive in your your preaching and in your teaching. I'm I'm asking you to stop for just a second. Examine your ideals. Examine 
your motive. What are you trying to do in the kingdom of God? Are you going to commit to be a nonconformist and refuse the pressure of this world to shape your message and misshape it into something that it isn't? Or are you going to set your face like a flint? Are you going to rise up and refuse to be afraid of the people that are trying to cancel truth and say holiness will not be eliminated in my generation. I got a little girl, I brought her with me and I did it on purpose because I love her and I don't like leaving the house without her. You can ask Ryland anytime you want this week. Ryland, tell me about your hair. What is it? And she'll look up at you with that sweet, slightly southern voice. Slightly southern because I'm trying to raise her right. Slightly southern because her mother, the Yankee, is trying to keep me from raising her right. You can ask her, Ryland, what is your hair? She'll give you one word. Glory. I don't even know what time it is. I'm all right? All right. Are you all right? I was in Cracker Barrel one day. If if her hair's not braided, it's down below her knees. We was in we was in Cracker Barrel one day, and an ignorant woman, I'm sorry. No, I'm not. An ignorant woman looked at my daughter and said, You ought to cut your hair off and donate it. And I stepped in. I said, No, no, ma'am. That ain't going to happen. And then I said, tell her, Ryland. She said, that's my glory. Hey, can I tell you something, ma'am? You don't need to conform to the image of this world. You don't need to believe the lie of Hollywood that tells you. Sir! You need to celebrate holiness. And if you're going to do it, it's going to be because you're a nonconformist. You're going to walk against the flow of postmodernism on a day-to-day basis. But I'm telling you, you can because I'm doing it. I'm telling you, you will because others are doing it. I'm telling you, it can't be canceled because there's still a holiness movement that is sweeping across the globe. You believe what I'm preaching? I'll preach more about it Thursday, but let me, let me give you one more point now. Let me give you one more point. You cannot cancel a culture that is advanced by persecution. I like this one. You cannot cancel a culture that is fueled persecution you cannot cancel a culture that is advanced by opposition let me give you a little bit of bible 
Acts 5, verse 34. Then stood there up one in the council, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a doctor of the law he had in reputation among the people and commanded to put the apostles forth a little space. What was happening? The apostles were on trial for preaching Jesus and performing the miraculous. Literally, the local government had said, this is against the law and we're going to kill you for it. And they were on trial. And here's what the scripture says. Gamaliel said unto that council, ye men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what you intend to do as touching these men. For before these days rose up Thutis. He boasted himself to be somebody to whom a number of men, about 400, joined themselves, and he was slain, and all as many obeyed him were scattered and brought to nothing. Everybody say canceled. Everybody say canceled. After this, a man rose up, Judas of Galilee, in the days of the taxing. He drew away much people after him. He also died, and all, even as many obeyed him, were dispersed. Everybody say, cancel. Cancel. But, what I tell you, he said, is that you would refrain from these men and let them alone. For if this council, if this movement, if this apostolic church, if, if, if it be the work of men, it will come to nothing. It will self-destruct. One generation, it'll be dead. But, he said, if it be of God, If it be of God, you cannot overthrow it. I want to preach to some people in this place. Every move and every service needs to be of God. Every message in every sermon needs to be of God. When you rise to sing, don't let it be of yourself Let it be of God. When you rise to preach, don't let it be of yourself. Let it be of God. When you rise to minister and teach a Bible study or share the word of God with somebody on your lunch break, let it be of God and not of yourself. Why? Because you're going to die one of these days. And if all you do is preach yourself, sing yourself, teach yourself, the message will die when you die. But if it is of God, if it is of God, if it is of God, you cannot overthrow. It cannot be overthrown. You are guaranteed victory after victory after victory after victory. You cannot be overthrown if your ministry is of God. Now, now, that, that's protection, right? That's protection. What about advance? Read the next verse. Verse 40 says, And to him they agreed, and when they called the apostles and beat them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus, and they let them go. And so, after that, the apostles went back home, burned their Bibles, got secular careers. No, that wasn't what it was. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. The scripture says they beat them. They beat them. 
I've had a few beatings in my life, but not since I was a teenager. They beat them. They beat them. But here's the truth. I've seen more people lose their walk with God over taking a tongue lashing, a beating of words, than I have those that have suffered physical harm. And I want to preach to some people. If you put your message out, there's going to be some dingbat that speaks out against the truth. Don't let their words silence your voice. There's going to be some backslidden heretic that speaks out against your message and makes fun of your process. I want to preach to you. Don't let them stop your ministry. I'm going to walk in the Holy Ghost and tell you a couple of things now. You're going to have some family member that says, why in the world did you go to that Bible college? You could have been a career man. You could have done phenomenal things. Why are you broke as a missionary? Why are you, why are you barely eking out an existence as a student pastor? Why are you spending all your, you were brilliant. You were smart. Why didn't you pursue secular career? And you're going to have to make a decision whether you let that silence you or advance you because what the apostles did after they were beaten is not submit and silence themselves the scripture says that they walked out of that room rejoicing they said we got wounds on our back and we got praise in our mouth I'm just thankful I was counted worthy to suffer the shame that comes with his name. Let let, let me preach this for just a minute. You can stay standing if you want to. Maybe that's a little affirmation that you believe what I'm preaching. It is not the will of God. That when your backslidden mommy or daddy tells you that you're wrong for being in the ministry, that you submit to that lie of the enemy and silence your purpose. That's not the will of God. They can't cancel that. I feel the Holy Ghost in this room. I want to tell you, they not only went out rejoicing. We do good with rejoicing. We're great with that. We're great at praising and worshiping. That's, that's a big part of Pentecostalism. Thank God for it. But beyond that, they left that place and didn't just go have a church service. They went house to house. They went house to house refusing to stop proclaiming the name of Jesus Christ. And that is why I tell you, you cannot cancel a culture that is advanced by persecution. feel the Holy Ghost to tell some people in this room right now this day is going to change your perspective and every liar that tries to silence you and say you'll never preach you'll never teach you'll never be a missionary you'll never be a church leader I'm telling you the devil is a liar but not only listen to me listen to me not only are you going to know that the devil is a liar you're going to take those lies and you're going to put them in your fuel tank and you're going to become even more ardent about preaching truth teaching truth writing songs ministry ministering in a culture that cannot be canceled 
cannot stop a movement that is advanced by persecution. I feel the Holy Ghost in this room right now. I feel the Holy Ghost in this room right now. I want to tell you, you're in a generation, you're in a generation that desperately needs truth. You're in a generation that desperately needs the voice of reason. And don't believe the lie. This church cannot be canceled. This Messiah cannot be canceled. This message cannot be canceled. This lifestyle cannot be canceled. This movement cannot be canceled. I'm going to tell you how it's going to advance. It's going to advance by you making up in your mind that everything that is said against me, everything that is spoken against me, everything that is done against me will not stop me. It will empower me. It will not paralyze me. It will advance me. And I refute... Y'all, in Acts 1, the scripture talks about infallible proofs. And it's a great message to preach. Here's one of those infallible proofs right here. But the other infallible proof, this infallible proof is true. But the other infallible proof is you. Don't believe the lie of the enemy. Don't be silenced by a culture of liars. Refuse to be canceled and advance the kingdom of God. I want you to close your eyes, lift your hands for just a moment. There's a touch of God in this room right now. I need to know if there's a young man or a young woman that would come stand in this altar today and just make a proclamation. Not in my generation. The church will not halt in my generation.